Hello ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guest. I'm here with Joan Veretti of Polyod. Joan, welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast. Hi, Rick. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. You are very welcome, and I'm glad that you're here and we finally get to talk on the podcast. So, Joan, Polyod, how was it conceived? Tell me about how it started. It actually started with the loss of my son. I didn't have a purpose to live when he passed, and so I wind up doing so many things. And I, I wind up making baskets, I wind up doing cookies, I did so many things. And then I had an old Italian recipe of limoncello, and I actually tweaked it to my palate. It took me two years to do that, um, to tweak it, and that's how I got into the business. So what was the process of trying to tweak the, the recipe? And, and when you said you had an old recipe, is this handed down through your family? Was this in a cookbook, recipe book? Where did you find it? I got the recipe. Um, it was an old recipe. It wasn't handed down. It was just an old recipe. Okay. And I uh, made it. Didn't like the way it tasted. I actually tweaked it. I, you know, put my own touch on it. I put the sugar, the water, the, the cream, the milk, everything. I just turned it all around until I liked what I taste on my palate. So this was something you were doing in your home kitchen? Absolutely. This must have been great for your husband. Yes. Actually, what happened with my husband was that he actually uh, turned around and I said, Tom, I'm boiling the alcohol on the stove. He said, what? He said, you're going to blow my mother's house up. He jumped off the chair because I had everything in one pot and I had it on the stove. And alcohol is flammable, which I knew then. But he jumped off the chair and that's what happened. And he got up and he said, Joan, you're crazy. This is not what you do. You can't boil alcohol. I said, I know, but I just wanted to come to a boil to see what would happen. He said, you're going to blow us up. So what year was this that you were you were working on testing the, the recipe for the, the well, lemon Well, 12 years ago. So okay. we'll minus 12 years from 2019. Okay. Well, we have to do math together on the podcast. Is that what you're asking? Absolutely. You're okay. Right so it's t- 2007, I think. That's exactly right. right. So it's 2007. It was 2005, 6, and 7. Okay. And you mentioned that the reason why you started looking for something to do was because your son passed away. Correct. And I needed a purpose to live in my life, to actually have purpose to live in. This was what I found, and I could put his name on the back of the bottles. I have a foundation for him. I have... Uh, the, 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 you have the whole neighborhood and people that love waving, you on the street. Yeah, churches waving, are waving at us. Waving at us on the street. This is great. <laughs> and um, I had a purpose to live, and I had his name on the back of the bottles. And what I do is I, 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 fund, I fundraise, 
and I raised $40,000 for him, and I gave that to St. John Newman for any poor child who was scholastically inclined and could not afford to pay their tuition, and I sent one of those children to school every year, and my joy was getting a card at Christmas in honor of my son's name and thanking me. That's wonderful. But now what I do is I have my own fund, and what I do is I donate school supplies to one public school every year in honor of my son's name. Now, does that come through the sales of Polyod and your cellos? Absolutely. Wonderful. That's where it comes from. So this, as your labor of love, continues to give back in a number of different ways, right? Absolutely. So you started with the limoncello. What was the next flavor that you produced? My next flavor was um, chocolate. Chocolate. And how did you pick chocolate? How I got, how, why did I do chocolate? Chocolate, I got involved with because me and my partner, husband, boyfriend, whatever you want to say. He could be all those things and 28 more. years were together. Okay. So we had a pet peeve between us. He wanted to make banana, he wanted to make chocolate and I wanted to make banana. He told me I couldn't make banana and I told him he couldn't make chocolate. Okay. So that's why I made chocolate because we had our war. He is up ahead because it's in the States, stores. Mine is sold from the store only because okay. our creams could never go to the state store because there's no preservatives or chemicals or food color or dyes or preservatives in my product. So that's why he's ahead of me because it's in the state. Because store. he's his chocolate's in the state store and your banana is not in the state store. Correct. Okay. Tell us a little about the, the process, the trial and error of creating uh, the cello. And you said it took you about two years in the, in the flavors. What what were some of the, 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 the nuances that you were looking for? The nuances that I was looking for, first of all, we had to squeeze the fruit and peel it all by hand. Okay. So when we had to squeeze the fruit, I didn't have a squeezer like you squeeze um, grapes or any kind of fruit in the, you know, the old Italian grape squeezer. Right. Uh, I would sit on a can, I would sit on the pot with a piece of wood, and I'd actually sit there and try to squeeze. And try to squeeze all the, the, fruit. the fruit. So now, now this, at the time, what was it, when did you open the, out? when did you open the store that we're in now? This store? Yes. In 2012 of December. 2012. So 2005, your son passes away, 2007. Oh, My 2007. son passed away, 1997. 1997. So all this time, there was a purpose, and then it took you two years, and even from there, it took you a number of years to open the store. Correct. I actually had, I was, I was incorporated in 2008, I got my state license in 2009, and I got the federal license in 2012. Okay. And so the federal license it, allows you to open up and sell to the public at that point, right? Yeah. So what happened in 2012, the state let some laws loose in 2012. And they said anybody that became a distiller in a small batch can open up three stores. Gotcha. So when I heard that, I jumped on the bandwagon and um, I went to go look for a store in East Passchonk Avenue because I'm in walking distance of, I live uh, four blocks away so from the So this is literally your neighborhood. Absolutely. And you I was born and raised in South, raised Philadelphia, here. South yeah. Philadelphia. I'm a homegirl from South Philadelphia, which I love South Philly. Uh, I don't think I ever want to move from here. Um, because we could walk everywhere to do whatever we want, buy whatever we want, go to any restaurant. You could do so much in walking distance. You don't even need a car. So the nice thing about what you're sharing with me is when people think about Philadelphia and South Philadelphia, they think about the Italian restaurants. They think about the uh, Italian market. But one of the real mainstays of Philadelphia, in particular South Philadelphia, are the cellos. 
Absolutely. And, and, and while we have cheesesteaks galore in Philadelphia, one of the things that really needs to be recognized more is Philadelphia and the heritage is a cello heritage, wouldn't you say? Well, it actually is a cello heritage. Like years ago, they used to make wine in their house. Right. It was just wine, 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 right. wine. I've been making this product for 12 years. I didn't start yesterday, so I have a little bit of... Um, Head start right. on the people now that are who are making cello today. Yeah, everybody is starting is starting out like I did. They start in their home, and I just became. I want this is what I wanted to do because I needed a purpose. But I think it's um, this started out really in New York about twelve years ago. Okay, now it's really striving now in Philadelphia. You mean the cello? The, is for, the, as the far cello, as absolutely. Cellos mm-hmm. right now in South Philadelphia are the biggest thing that better than homemade wine. Okay. I mean, they don't even want to make homemade wine. Everybody wants to make cello now. See, look what you, but you're, I, you're, you're a renaissance. Actually, woman. I am a, um, I'm a renaissance woman. I also am a, uh, I used to be a guinea pig, but now I'm a pioneer. <laughs> okay. No, you are a pioneer. I, well, because I was the first retail store in the, in the state of, I was the first female distiller in the state of Pennsylvania. This is the first non-PLCB retail store. And I am also a vendor partner to Fine Wine and Good Spirits. And, and we met, a number of years ago when you came to introduce uh, Cello to a networking event that I attended, that was the first time I, I had met you. I, I mean, you know, knowing that as an owner-operator, you're squeezing the juice, you're doing everything we by hand. We peel by hand. Right. We peel the fruit by hand. We squeeze the fruit by hand. We label by hand. We fill by hand, cap by hand, and shrink wrap by hand. So this is basically a labor of love. This is why, you know, when you start looking at the industry and it being a small batch, you know, it's a craft. Absolutely. It's, it's the same thing as painting um, some artwork. It's the same thing about, you know, taking a piece of wood and making something out of it, um, making making a statue or something, because really this is your craft. Exactly. You're, you're, you're starting with raw products, and what you're doing is you're putting them into the bottle, and you have, you've got some wonderful flavors. So lemon was the first, chocolate was the second. What the was third the third? was orange. Was orange, okay. The third was orange, okay. and the fourth was lime. They were the only four flavors I had. When did you start incorporating the cream into, because you do six... Of the fruit flavor? And I have six five the, fruit flavor. Five fruit flavor and how many cream flavors? I mean, I'm sorry, five water base and five cream base. Five water base and five cream base. But the five of the water base, which is lemon, chocolate, and orange, I also have them in cream base, right. lemon, chocolate, and orange. Gotcha. But I can make any water base become cream. Okay. And you do you do special flavors over the summer and through the holidays? Absolutely. Right? I basically have about 25 flavors in research and development, but I could never put them out because I'd be only in competition with myself. Okay. Just like I had a write-up one time with Jacklin's. Jacklin's and I are the only two in the state of Pennsylvania that have... The, well, Jacklin's is one because of all the liqueurs that I have, and Joe Verratti of Pagliad is number two. Okay. So that was that. That's a that was a great write up as well too. And um, the thing, <laughs> more people waving hello. <laughs> this is you know you're going to be busy when you you know it's, there's a lot of stuff happening here. Oh, on the absolutely, Avenue. and everybody yeah. and I know everybody on the Avenue because I'm just that yeah. kind of bubbly, happy person right. that just smiles at everybody. And everybody knows you exactly. But getting back to this um, Pollyann, the the cream base. Now the cream base is a really. Um, they're divine. Great. They're delicious. They're my no- most desirable because they taste, they're a dessert. And they taste just like milkshakes. But what they do is I would actually sweeten condense my own milk. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to treat it just like it's a half a gallon of ice cream. But you could in the freezer, out of the freezer. 
Um, you could actually take it and leave it on your table, but you have to put it in an ice bucket. So, what, you know, it's just like drinking beer. When you want beer, you don't want beer laying around. Where no. do you put beer at? You put yeah. it in an ice bucket or cooler to keep it cold because that's what you want. Optimal flavors frozen. Joe, tell me, how did you come up with the name of Polyod? Where did that come from? I came from my partner in life and in business. When he was a little boy, he always played with his father on a Saturday morning. And he would stay, stand at the bottom of the steps and wait for him to come down. But this one Saturday, he saw him at the top of the steps and he said, Dad, what's wrong with you? He said, I got polyod last night. So polyod means to get a crack, a punch, to tie one on. So we use it or to get whacked. Okay. So we use it as a drunken term. Okay. So and that's how we learned, that's how we named it polyod. I love that. So we use it as a drunken so term. So there are so many people like me who never really knew what the term meant, and now we understand that hey, when you grab a bottle of polyod, it's going you're going to get whacked. Right. If so, you drink the whole bottle. Right. Please drink responsibly. Absolutely. <laughs> it's on back of the label. And it has to be. So, um, what was that aha moment for you where you knew you had something? Where through the trial and error process, you finally said, this is exactly what I want to put my name on. And this is what I think that the public is really going to enjoy. What was that aha moment like for you? It was fabulous because I did it by my palate. I would, I, and I don't measure. Right. So my partner, Tom, Tom he, uh, when I put, was throwing, the, not throwing, when I was putting the product right. into the pot, <laughs> uh, he I didn't measure. He said, use a measuring cup. I said, I can't. Right. So he just stood there as I just kept. He recorded everything you Absolutely. did. Absolutely. And he hits yeah. his major math. Okay. So, so he so did he's it by really math. The, the historical scribe of Polyod. Oh, he's the, he's the, um, he's the best. He's the backbone of Polyod. Because yeah. it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. Gotcha. I mean, he does all the. Um, all, all the marketing and research and the absolutely. numbers and everything else. So, so I'm basically the face of the company. Okay. And and I tell you, you are the face. I mean, people come <laughs> into your store and you're going to see Joan and you're going to get all the uh, story behind the flavors. And I know the first time I visited you, we went through all the flavors and I got all the background. It was just delightful. And you sat here for about two hours maybe because we had such a ball. Yeah, I got polyod. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but so so there was this moment where on your palate, you're throwing things into the pot and you're making things happen and you stop and you taste and go. I said, that's it. That's it. That was the recipe. That was the recipe. That was the After recipe. When it came to, when it had to cool down right. and I taped it. That was it. That but was it. we had many more to go down the drain before that got I'm to sure. that point. I'm sure. It took two years to do that. But it I love it. And but this you know is going what? back to that craft part, Joan, that there, you know, when you learn how to paint, it you, just comes you, natural. Yeah, you, you, right. It, it over time you develop this the recipe, you develop your craft. And and it just now happens. I can make any flavor that I can, you could bring me a piece of fruit and say you would ask me, could you do this? Okay. Absolutely. I can make any kind of fruit that's all right. Is. So rhubarb cello is coming down the pike soon. I have I have watermelon already. I know you already do watermelon. I have watermelon. I have cantaloupe. I have pineapple. I have honeydew. I have blueberry. I have peach, peach cream, cantaloupe, cantaloupe cream. I have, I can't do chocolate, put another chocolate out because I have a dark, dark chocolate. Okay. Water base and I have a dark, dark chocolate cream base. That's my private stash. All right. So that's, so there's a private stash of some flavors and some things you've been, you've been but I am coming out with three more flavors. Okay, what are they? They are going to be coconut cream. Coconut cream. They're going to be pumpkin cream. Oh, that sounds great. For, uh, for the fall? Yep. Yeah. For the fall. Okay. And I also, I'm going to bring back old-fashioned anisette, but it's not polyads. Okay. 
It is actually Tom's grandmother's. Okay. And uh, we will not name it Pagliad. We'll probably name it Nanny or Linus. Nice. Because it is fabulous. So. And it's made with a ruler, Rick. That's the funny part of it's it. It's made with a ruler? A ruler, yes, because it's a, over a, a 200-year-old recipe. Okay. Um, you actually put the ruler in the pot. You fill it to this many ounces of water. You let it boil to that many ounces of water with the ruler. Gotcha. I mean, you don't put the ruler back into the pot when it's boiling. Right. But it boils down to that. Uh, whoever it has to go, I can't tell you the measurements. So no, I don't want to know the measurements. That's your secret, <laughs> right? So, and that's 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 Nanny's recipe, and that's what it's done with a ruler, and it is fabulous because we already had two tastings at different times. Okay, I had one one year and one another year, and the same flavors came up at both tastings. The lemon, I mean, I'm not lemon, sorry, coconut cream, right? The pumpkin cream and the Anazette were the first. Uh, three tops. So, so you know, the nice thing about what you do and really the exciting thing is that you've got these special releases that keeps bringing people back for different flavors. And, and now you're going to do the Anisette, which I think is really exciting. Oh, Anisette. What do they yeah, taste it? I oh, think that'll be great. It's fabulous. Now, there, there was the aha moment, but was there like a worse moment for you or one of those moments where you just were like... You wanted to throw up your hands and say, I don't know if I want to do this. Was there something like that for you? Yes, because I didn't want to do this. Okay. What I wanted 21 years ago, I had the vision of a coffee shop 21 years ago. And today, I couldn't, I'm sorry, 21 years ago, I couldn't find not one single building. Right. And I went from? Broad? You're all the way up on broad, all the way to the other side of broad. Absolutely. You took the words right out of my I, mouth. I saw the way you were pointing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, and I searched the whole city. I couldn't find an empty building to open up a simple coffee shop, a cup of coffee, espresso, whatever kind and of coffee. And now they are all over. over. And you all I wanted walk. to do was bake right. my little piscotti. Okay. And give a little coffee, piscotti, and a shot of cello. That's what I wanted 21 years ago. Okay. But now, I'm in state stores. I'm at the store. That's what you are. But was there like was there a moment where you found yourself just where, where the recipe wasn't working or looking for the building? Or was there something there that you kind of reflect back on that it was just a challenge for you to get opened and started? The challenge was the license. The license. The license took me at that time mm-hmm. because... They didn't have no other stores. They, didn't, they only had the 611 stores that they owned themselves because gotcha. in this state, they own all the state stores. So that was the challenge for me to get a license. Oh, my God. It took five years then. Today, you can get licensing within a year. So when I was look, the guinea pig then. Right. When you look back but on- But now I'm the pioneer. When you look back on even for Pennsylvania and, and what people and you know what, what the experience was for you, you really- Helped to blaze that trail a little bit. Absolutely. For for the process to become easier. I laid the groundwork for yeah, the women. Which is great. Um, so tell me about the bottles. Tell me about the logo. Um, where did that come from? Where's the art design from? The logo came from my partner, Tom, as well. Okay. And Tom was playing with some letters while we were sitting having dinner one night. And he, you know, made these stick letters. And then he put it on a piece of paper. And I went to bed. And I came down the next morning, and they were there. It was, and I was like, "Could we have a little bit of color in the O's?" Okay. The circle of Pollyad, the circle of the zero, you know. And you know what? The first four flavors. It's so funny. Were the was, same. Were the, they, were the same ones that are on there? Exactly, and they all fit in the um, zero, the the P, and the zero, and the, the D's. P and the, okay. And that was like that was it. 
And uh, that's how we did it. I loved it. And the Y has an in the Y in the bottle, which nobody recognizes, but that's okay. Because sometimes when you're a little poly odd, that's when you put the bottle <laughs> off. Every glass has its flavor in it. Right. And there's a little small saying on the bottle that it says, and as always, Dalamiamani Atula Kore. And that means from my hands to your heart. That is beautiful. Yes. That and is beautiful. I, I love that. And that was my cookie logo as well. Okay. Because I used to sell cookies as well. And I would sell baby, basically about maybe 300 pounds to 400 pounds for four rears in a row. Wow. And it's not the first order that counts. It's the second, the third, and the right. fourth. And I just love what I did because, you know, it gave me a purpose to do this. So what was it like? You, you have your shop. You have everything you need. And you first opened the door. What was that like for you? I was elated. Yeah. I've never done this. Is some this? I can't believe. You know what? Why don't you pinch me, Rich? Because okay. <laughs> I really can't believe this all happened. Okay, it's like a dream. And you know what else happened too, Rick? I went to Shark Tank. That's just a show that I watched my whole life. Well, right. And when it came out, and I my face was glued to that television all the time, and I always would say, "I wish, I wish." Do you know what? One morning I woke up and there was an email in my. Inbox. Inbox. It said, we want you to come to Shark Tank. Really? That I was... You were that, on Shark Tank? Absolutely. I didn't even know that. Uh, I was a, a matter of fact, I went two times. And as we speak right now, I have another um, email in my... Inbox. Inbox. Right. And they want to see me again this uh, this year. Um, but it's kind of hard to... You have go, to go all the way out to California? You have to bring No, no, everything. no. They come here. Oh, they do? When they come to Philadelphia, I... They, they send their producers nice. on the show. Okay. And the producers... Um, interview you. Interview, yes, they interview us. Right. And then, you know, whether we're picked or not. And the funny thing was that everybody in the avenue knew that I was going to Shark Tank. And when I came home and I told them I didn't win, okay. they didn't believe me because I would smile every time I said I wasn't picked. Okay. <laughs> and they said, you're lying. Well, that must... Tell me, I mean... I, I think you're the first person I've ever spoken to directly that was on Shark Tank. But what was the experience like being on the show with your product? And I was elated right? because I had my blenders come with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they stood there and they, I pitched to them just like you see on television. Right. The only thing is, is when you get picked, you go into the tank and that's when you talk to the sharks. Gotcha. But no one will talk to the sharks until they get to the tank and they're picked. What was that like for you to it, talk to the sharks? I didn't get to talk to them yet. Okay. Uh, well, maybe, okay, maybe. So they're still doing the preliminary. Correct. Gotcha. So now, um, what it was like, it's another, it's another hurdle. Not, not a hurdle. It's, um, it's another elation, elative process. If that's a word, I don't know. We can. It's elate. <laughs> I mean, I, you're elative. You just being, being known and everything else. Right? I, it, it was just, uh, so, it's something that you dream of and you, and you do it. Like, you can't believe it. You right. have to, air Rich, pinch myself again. Okay. You open the doors and, and people come in and they're tasting your cello. It's nothing like they've ever had before, right? If I had a penny for every ooh and ah right. that they said, right. I, I could fill up a fountain. We, we, <laughs> need to, we need to make that happen. Absolutely. They come here every Saturday. I do tastings um, every Saturday for okay. nine hours a day from one to maybe nine, nine thirty, ten o'clock, you know, uh, for seven years. And that is my, you know, t- actually that's like a budget for marketing. And that um, gives them the let taste the product, just advertising in a magazine. That's fine. But when they taste it, they can put something to it. Right. And they taste it and they say, mm, ah, 
And here you go. I open the doors, and every Saturday, my my store's filled every Saturday. Yeah, that's the thing about the craft spirit, the craft distilling industry, that it, it, there are things that people are tasting or people are having right. that they've never had before, and, and that's the experience. That's right. There's right. something that they never had because it's a very niche product. Right. And, you know, and the flavors that I brought to cello is another uh, level mm-hmm. because... Normally, it's just lemon. People know lemon cello, right? But- Correct. I have a bevy of flavors. Right. I have 10 flavors. And one. There's, I'm, and I, they ask me, what is your favorite flavor? How can I pick a favorite flavor? You can't flavor? pick your favorite child, right? Nope. And nope. you don't pick your... Exactly right. <laughs> you hit it on a nail. So what's the future of Polyod? I mean, you got a thousand flavors in your head and you've got all these special flavors coming out. Um, you know, you're, you're a renaissance woman. You're leading the charge for the distilling industry as far as where it started. What's the future look like for you? Are there other, um, are you going to look and open up other stores? More, more, uh, Actually, dis- distri- I can, as we speak right now, Yes. um, I can open up, I can franchise five stores Okay. and they can, op- anyone can open up a polyot store, um, to get to more stores. Joan, what's the future for Polyod? What does it look like for you? The future for Polyod, I would love to see Polyod in the 50 states. Gotcha. So we're going to take and over my son, United States domination. And my son will be in 50 states. Okay. And everybody will be reading the back of that bottle. And what does the back of the bottle say about your son? The back of the bottle says for my son, um, the proceeds, part of the proceeds go to the Thomas Joseph Variety III Foundation. So every bottle is handmade. Absolutely. And there's love that goes into every bottle. So it's it's Amore Polyod. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You can have that too. Um, can I steal it? You can steal it. Okay. It's it's yours. You can have it actually. Okay. Thanks, Rick. I, I wanted to ask you. You're open on Saturdays. And, and what time is the tasting room open? You said, well, I'll give you my schedule. I give actually schedule. do. I'm open Tuesday to Friday. Gotcha. Four to nine. Right. Saturday, one to nine. One to nine. Sunday and Monday's closed. Okay. And and what's your address? Where can people find you? I am at 1908 East Bashunk Avenue. Okay. And are you on social media? Where can people find I you on can, social you media? You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. And what's your what's your handle? How Instagram. do they... Instagram. Oh, you can, oh. Instagram is polyod underscore. Polyod underscore. And what are you on? And polyod Facebook. Okay. Joan Verratti Facebook. Okay. And Twitter. And Twitter. And so, so you know, there's a WW, there's the, you're on the World Wide Web. You have a website? Yes, I do. Okay. I have a, oh, I'm sorry, www. I'm sorry, That's Rich. Okay. www.polyod.com. Polyod.com. And is there anything, Joan, that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share that you want people to know about Polyod or the cellos or anything else? Hopefully, maybe soon, I can open up here in this store. Maybe a little bit of my coffee. Okay. You can have a cocktail with your coffee. Okay. And you also could have maybe part of my baking. I, I you know, I didn't know you baked. But I but used to bake. now that I know you're baking, I, I feel like, I, yeah. I used to bake. And what I used to use in baking, I used to use my water base as extracts. Right. And I used to use my cream as icings. Okay. This is something now that you put it out there and everybody in the world is going to hear about this. You're kidding. No, they're going to want to find out. Oh, uh Listen, bacon, this is fabulous. You, the extracts, it's just a different flavor. And the funny thing is that it's all natural. It's all natural. And another thing is that, um, and the bakers could use this. We, I'm actually, I, what was the next thing I'm going to go to? Right. I want to go to popsicles. I want to make ice cream. I want to make sorbets. I want to make snow cones. 
I, I, this just can go on right. and There's no on. limit, right? There's no limit. And that's another thing besides the cookies and the little... I might be making my popsicles, my ice cream. We're going to have boozy polyod. Okay. So there's a place in East Passyunk called Polyod that people need to come to because this is... The innovation and the excitement that's coming out of here is incredible. If you haven't tried Polyod, if you haven't tried real handcrafted cello, you're really missing out. Come see Joan Varadi. Come see Polyod. Joan, having you on for Minute Adventure, the podcast today has been a delight. I've wanted to do this for a while, and I'm really glad you were able to join me. And you know what? I couldn't wait for you to come. I was up all night <laughs> sitting waiting for you to come to see me. Well, I'm glad we did this. This is the second time I'm here having a... We did the video, yes. Exactly. And right. I, that got so many hits, Rich. Rich, you're just becoming um, the social butterfly. <laughs> well, thank you, Joan. Thanks so much. I'm so glad, Rich, that you came here today. And I thank you for inviting me to your show. You got it. Thanks. Bye.